Hello and welcome to the DH Effect. I'm Hillary, and you know my lovely co-host, Sonia. Our focus this month is on trying to stay true to this decided heart that we have. Even when life throws us crazy things like pandemic, for example, or other obstacles in our way, and it can leave us feeling pretty isolated. Oh my gosh, for sure. And our guest today is no stranger to what that experience is like. Coach Lee Hopkins, the founder of Patterns of Possibility, struggled with loneliness most of his life trying to build friendships as a transgender man. And through endurance, patience, a lot of grace, while trying various ways to find people, his people, without success, he found something else. And we cannot wait to hear this story. Coach Lee discovered, huh, am I looking too outwardly? Should I be looking inwardly? And again, just can't wait to share that, um, to hear your wisdom, experience, and story. Thank you so much for joining us, Coach Lee. Wow. Hillary, Sonia, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, the pleasure truly is ours. And I would love it if you could take just a few moments. Um, you know, we were curious about how patterns of possibility is what you call your your business, right? Is, mm-hmm. is really patterns of possibility. And there's so many places we could go with that. But how did that come to be? Well, that came to be because I recognized these patterns that I was having in my life and how they impacted my outcomes like what what i what was i really looking for so it all started um, with me out of the home my hometown in ohio i grew up there and i just thought that i was trying to make connections with people i saw that everyone else around me had friends and i thought that well i just haven't found my tribe yet and found my people yet so when i had an opportunity to go to college i thought well i can find people here because i'll have an a new interesting experiences with people from different backgrounds. I even had uh, international friends or I met people from international um, places. And so I was like, well, this is it. This is supposed to be it. But I really felt disconnected and still felt very lonely there too. So then I decided, well, it's Ohio. The entire state of Ohio is not, not where I'm going to make my friends. So I moved to California. And there, I did make some more connections with people. I started doing karaoke, and I really enjoyed that. People knew me on the scene. I was out all the time, and I felt like, wow, people really see me, but they didn't really know me. I felt pretty isolated. And so I left California to move to Chicago, where I am now. And this is where I transitioned from female to male. And here in Chicago, a city of 8 million people, where I've met the queer community who helped me make this transition that only 1% of the population goes through with the physical changes that comes with transitioning from female to male or being trans at all, I still felt lonely. Mm. I felt like these people didn't know me. And so that's where the patterns of possibility came from is that I've had a pattern of moving and running away and trying to find something outside of myself. And I realized that, well, it wasn't outside of me. It was inside. It was something that I was missing. And I didn't discover that until I had uh, actual therapy to help me through that, help me understand that, all right, look inside, not outward. And I realized that that was a pattern of behavior. And there are so many patterns of behavior that show up in my life and other people's lives that creates this impact that we're not 
looking for. But if we looked at the pattern, we could turn it into a new possibility like I did. That is so powerful. And thank you so much for sharing our story. It, it goes to show that that courage of sharing vulnerability is, is light. It is what inspires us, what motivates us. If Coach Lee can share the story, then perhaps I can. And before our recording, we really talked about this. Um, the, the, you said the patterns or the habits of our thoughts and our thinking. And Usually in our society, it's like, well, if we just change the space, if we change the thing, if we mm. change the the color, the TV channel, then then I'll I'll change my mindset. And it's it's so interesting to kind of in, in your summary of your journey that that try that like you change states, <laughs> like you <Yes>. you move. <laughs> yes. uh, and oh, go ahead. yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, I did it all. So I I definitely thought it was external. So. I'll share a little more about me. In Ohio, I was a cis woman dating women. So I identified as a lesbian, but I wanted to hide that. So I figured if I moved states from Ohio to California, I'd you know be able to be more open. And sure enough, I was able to be more open, but that didn't solve my problem. I was also hiding this fact that I didn't understand what the trans meant and what I was feeling inside, but I didn't want to share that with anyone. So instead, I moved away to Chicago. And then I found the people who would understand the experience. And I even did the physical manifestation, the change of what I was looking for. I did that and it still made me feel like no one knew me. There was something else going on. And it's, it's always, and I think people can relate to my story, not that they're trans, but like we're always looking for something outside of ourselves. And I am just a really great example of me looking to change something outside of myself, hoping that my internal world will change. I'm not saying though, really quick, follow that up with, I'm not saying I'm not pleased with what I did, with how I sound, with what I look like. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that it didn't have this exact effect that I thought it was going to have on my life. It didn't impact and change me inside. I still had to do that work. I. You know, I want to hand back to, to Sonia in just uh, a second, but I want to put a an exclamation point and all of the smiley faces after what you said, because I think it is so important. No, it, it really is. And I have, I'm, I'm having this feeling inside, um, you know, when I've coached, I've coached people in the past and I can feel, I'm sure you coach Lee, you can feel the anxiety people are feeling about when they get to, I'm doing this and then I'm doing this and I'm doing this and they've created this life where they're doing and they're doing and they're doing and they're doing. And there's always, and I can feel it. Like I'm stressed through the screen talking to them and it always, I'll take a breath and I'll say, okay, what are you running from? What inside are you running from? And why are, what are you trying to outdo? And then they take a breath and they're like, damn, I gotta, I gotta take a second here. And that's what I'm hearing from you is, is this idea. Um, and Sonia, I, I don't want to make sure that we get back to, I think you had your question, but I just wanted to like acknowledge that. Yeah. And I think the, the rate, I mean, you've kind of hit that point, the relatability. Um, so, you know, we're talking about holding on through the pandemic and the new habit of our isolation through social distancing mm -hmm. And what I have witnessed, um, uh, especially amongst young people, but everywhere, is that we have changed our habit of belonging, where that sense of isolation has become kind of this new normal. And as we're trying to connect again, it's almost 
oh, that's uncomfortable. Maybe I should just stay alone. Like maybe I should just, you know, it's comfortable here in my space. I'm used, I don't have to go out today. I don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, it's a decision and it's the th- the habit of thinking where I can just be comfortable and stay here alone. And I think this leads to something that one of your, mo- I called it a mantra, but you say, live your truth. And this is hugely important. It's almost like the awakening because did we redefine our truth in slumber mode in our isolation and that we somehow convinced ourselves that our new truth was being lonely? Which is something <laughs> else. <laughs> so I would love for you to address this mantra of live your truth. And what you were saying is, I had to look inward. Yes. That's hard work. It is hard work and it is terrifyingly scary work. And boy, Hallidy, Hillary hit me, he hit it right on the nose. I'm like, what are you running from? I am running from myself. I was running and running and running from rejection, rejection, period. I didn't want the people in Ohio to think about or to to chastise me or judge me because I'm lesbian. I didn't want people in California to judge me because I wouldn't be trans. I didn't want people in in uh, Chicago to judge me for the fact that I am trans and I have actually made that transition. It, it was just like re- rejection all over. I just want to be alone. And so when I think about the pandemic and how people have decided that they're more interested in being alone than being connected with others, I understand that there's a purpose in discovering yourself and learning more about who you are. We all need the space and time to do that. But our primary purpose, I believe, is that we need to connect with people. We really need to share that with other people. And I think that when we we get stuck, when we are consuming and we're creating, which are things we can do alone, we can consume TV shows and enjoy them. We can create things, uh, a dinner or a mess or whatever. We can create those (laughs) things. But we really want to connect people about those things that we create or consume. Have you ever created like a, a an amazing dish and you just absolutely loved it? You created some piece of art. You want to share that with people. That's connection. We're all looking for that. We want to share what we consume with people. You ever seen a, a movie that you really enjoyed you want to recommend or that you didn't like and you want to tell somebody about it? You really want to connect with people. So the truth is that you want to connect. The fear is that you are going to be rejected for how you feel about that thing. And so we, instead of facing that, like, instead of facing that, we're just like, well, I'm, I'm okay being alone. But really, really, we're, we're not. We really want someone to understand us, just one person to understand us. And um, if I could share a really quick story about my discovery, how this came about. So the reason why I stopped running from myself was because from... Ohio to California to Chicago, I finally decided I didn't know the answer. So I got therapy. And in group therapy, we were talking about how you can change your mindset and go meet somebody. And, you know, I just so been so used to not being understood. And so I thought always I was always going to be misunderstood. So work on changing my mindset. I go to this comedy club. And I have the mindset now that I'm going to meet somebody cool. We're going to have a great conversation and we're going to connect and we're going to be friends. And so I go to the comedy club, I have a nice conversation with a really awesome guy. And we're talking about the stuff and I lead the conversation towards LGBTQ stuff because I want to know how they feel about trans people. And they had mentioned that they'd never seen a trans person before. 
They don't understand the process. They don't know why anyone would ever want to do it. And so I thought, well, I can live my truth right here. I'm going to fill up this gap for this person, this knowledge gap, and I'm going to share my truth. They're going to be curious. I'm going to have a great connection. And so I tell them, I'm trans. And they stop talking. And they leave. They don't say anything else to me. And it was such a hard rejection. But, and it was definitely painful at that time. I'm not going to lie to you about how difficult and, and stressful that was for me. But when I reflect back on that experience, I know that I didn't want, we, we, we just weren't good friends at that time. We weren't meant to be friends at that time because I didn't want to pour all this energy into changing him into a person who would like trans people, who would like me, because I would, I would have begged them like, Hey, I, I, I'm a really great person. You should like trans people because of all these reasons. I'm a fun guy. We just had a great conversation. Please like me. Mm. I didn't want to put that energy into it. And I don't think he wants to change. That's why he left. And so what I've discovered, the reason why I stopped running is that living my truth helps me really see the people who are interested in me and I can spend the energy sharing myself rather than trying to convince someone that they should know me. Oh my hard. gosh. Sorry. No, I was just going to say there's, I want to go about 10 different places with that because that that's true for work. It's true for relationships. It's true for friendships. It's true for all of that. It's like when you're trying to be someone that you're not, then the people like the universe doesn't know what you want. Like you yeah. attract who you are, you know, not what you want. And so I think that's, it's funny. I was typing, I was typing notes so quickly while you were saying this because so many thoughts came, but, but two things in particular that I would love to, to just call out. One is, um, you know, this image that came to my mind as we were talking, you know, it used to be that connect four was the game and, you know, we want to connect people. We want all of that. And now I feel like, especially coming out of the pandemic, it's operation. We're afraid that that connection is going to create electrocution. <laughs> That's the image that was in my mind. And I feel like it's true, right? So shifting back. But what's interesting is, is I was really bad at playing operation when I was younger and I've gotten better because of my patience. And so what would happen, and I mean that as the virtue, not as the ha 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 patient to the doctor, um, but my, my patience was, was, um, I'm going to really quick try and get it over with. And I'm either going to, I'm either going to win or I'm not right. I'm going to go in really fast or, or, and I wasn't taking the time and I wasn't allowing it to unfold. And I think that that's one of the biggest self-sabotaging things. And that reminded me of your story too, that I used to do in friendships was I wasn't sure I loved myself. And I had all of these things that I thought were icky about me and I was trying to hide. And so if I meet you in the first five minutes, I'm going to throw up all the crap, all the shit. And if you still like me, maybe we've got a shot. Right. But mm. it was like, I mean, nobody like it's drinking from a fire hose. Nobody wants that the first time they meet someone. And I think that that's a common trauma response. Coach Lee, is it not? Yes, that is beautiful. <laughs> I love the way you place that. Yes, I I have done that for quite some time. Here are all the things that I don't think you're going to like about me. And I won't be surprised if you don't like me. Sure. I, I think one, one of the images or not images, but, um, you know, with the DH effect, we really anchor, you know, when you said, I just want, we or we, we just want one person to see us, to truly understand us. And that is huge for the DH effect. 
is to be seen as who we are, not what we do, not what we want to be, but just as is. Um, and so we anchor those to virtues. And for you, what I imagine in terms of that um, that scene at the comedy club is really reaching into assertiveness and advocacy. Uh, and that is truly for me personally, very difficult to do. I can advocate for others. I can advocate for a belief, a cause, cheering other people on, but how can one do that if we can't assert and advocate for ourselves? I just felt like that was like mm. your stance. You're like, I'm going to be assertive and advocate for myself, damn it. And this is going to, you know, like, <laughs> sure it didn't hurt, you know, but you said it sure didn't work out at that time, but that was perhaps maybe that conversion of, I see me now. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. that is the most powerful aha, like, how do I see me <laughs> rather than how do others, how do others understand me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is beautiful. That is really brilliant because like that was really a very helpful moment in my life. And looking back on it, it's been even more helpful to, to go look and understand how I felt and how I saw myself in that position too. And it was certainly the thing that I thought was going to break the pattern. Actually, it was the, the the move, the correct move to break the pattern of me not getting to know people because I wouldn't share myself. I just shared a little too much. The high, the fire hose just spread on people. So I had to figure out other things to share that are more about me. And oh, by the way, I didn't know anything about myself. So I had to go figure that stuff out too, to be able to share with someone. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I, I think that Sonia has a beautiful way. So Sonia is also a, a college uh, counselor, admissions counselor. And so what's interesting about the work that she does, and I'll never, I've told this story before. So our listeners um, will, will be like, oh yeah, I remember that. When she started working with my daughter, I, I remember that Faith, um, who's about to be filling out her applications, was worried and stressed about who would want her. And Sonia had this beautiful way of turning it around and saying, this isn't about which college you are good enough to get into. This is about which college is good enough for you. And I think that there's such a, I mean, I, I started bawling when she said that, because I do think that that goes beyond college, beyond work. It goes into these relationships, as long as we're having this balance of also working on ourselves. That doesn't mean being, if you're being a total lass, and then you're out there and you're like, <laughs> well, you're obviously not for me. Um, mm -hmm. but, but there is something to having to earn that space in my, if you've worked on yourself and you know what that energy is. There's a protection you can give while still putting some very, you know, little feelers out there to see who's allowed within that energy and in that connection. Um, do you see what, what types of, of patterns are you seeing in the people you work with? Because you specifically deal with helping people have these friendships and these relationships based on your own work that you've done. What do you see some of these harmful patterns are? Wow. That was so very beautifully put. And I'm thinking about the, the most common pattern that I see is that people wonder why others don't like them. They come to me and they wonder why others don't like them. And as you referenced earlier, I think the universe gives you what you are. And so if you don't know who you are, what you want, you're just going to get a bunch of people who don't connect with you, connect with you in the way that they don't know who they are and don't know what they want either. They really 
know what they don't want. So usually you get a manifestation of people who are around you that don't like some traits in you. I know that happened to me. I was just looking for things that I didn't want. I knew what red flags were, but I didn't know what I really wanted in people, what I really would like to do together. So I saw a bunch of red flags in people when I found myself around people who had red flags. And so what I understand though, is like getting to know yourself will really help you create the kind of relationships and friendships you want. And what I tell my clients to do is focus on three things, your history, your hobbies, and your habits. Those are things that are usually safer to talk about with other people. Um, and there are things, they're tangible things that you can get to know about yourself. And your history can be part of your background, your experience. Like I would say, I'm a Black trans man. So Black and queer are a couple of things that are very important to me. And I want to be in spaces in which I'm able to talk about those experiences. And so your history, your hobbies, your hobbies could be things that you do for fun. So it's important to have your own experiences alone. Sure, go alone, create and consume and figure out what you enjoy about those experiences. And so those are your hobbies. Figure out what those are. For me, it's really board games. And then your um, habits. Well, what do you do on a regular basis? I, I'm telling you, like, if you get up at 5 a.m. compared to a person who gets up at 1 p.m., you're going to have different experiences. You're going to have a different routine. And so it's worth looking at those things that you think are mundane, but they're really important. You probably couldn't tolerate somebody who gets up so early if it's that important to you. If you have a skincare routine, there's something that you can talk about with other people. You can connect with other people. So what I recommend and I share with my clients is the history, hobbies, and habits. And it's really worked for me learning about which ones are most important to me prioritizing, putting myself in places in which I can talk about those things have made me feel natural. I'm just talking about what comes normal and natural to me. Mm. Everyone there kind of feels the same vibe. We fit in and then we can just talk about the intricacies that come in between. I, I just never, you know, I'm just kind of having this aha moment um, in terms of my three H's, you know, like yeah. that's, that's easy to remember. Four H's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, four H's of Hillary. I stop Hillary. Sorry, sorry. Um, too. No. <laughs> but I really never like I'm I'm going through my routines and habits and how I love to share my history and really not I haven't I, I've always lived it and owned, but I'm like owning it fully even more so after listening to you. And I'm, and, and I'm really reflecting of those who are leaning in curious about my, and I'm just sticking with history, but of all the other things I gravitate to. And I'm just, it's just so clear to me hearing you say it in the, in that way. And in that order, it's like, of course, and going back to, if you want to cook something and you enjoy cooking, one of your hobbies, don't you want to share it? <laughs> like, of course. So I, I am so grateful for you just kind of laying out those those three areas that was brought so much clarity. Yeah. I, you know, coach Lee, I, I want to ask you something on that. If you, if you don't mind, because as I'm reflecting and thinking, uh, you know, there are so many people we think we're supposed to be, and I know we've addressed it slightly, but I, I can imagine some of the people that are listening right now and they might be like, well, I have to do these things and then we're supposed to be friends. This is the magic formula. And then I will have these, these friendships. And I do think 
that there's something to be said for, um, you know, when friendships don't work out, oftentimes we take that very personally, like it was our fault. We have an error in us. We have a, a, a flaw. How do you approach with your clients this idea of, you know, first of all, the re- dealing with the rejection, but then also maybe flipping the script on rejection and, and changing it into actually that's just information. It's not a rejection. Yes, that's a wonderful question, because I think that is the, the crux of the coaching It's to be equipped enough to face rejection because we're all going to face it. Everyone has boundaries. Everybody has standards for themselves or things that they want. And it's not about you. It's getting them to get the mindset that it's not about you. So gratitude has been the biggest tool in my toolbox, the most beautiful, awesome thing that we can ever learn from. That's in my experience, looking at things with the lens of gratitude and how might I have benefited from this experience or what else did I learn from this experience has really helped change the mindset. So I go back to that situation and I describe often in which I get rejected flat out. The thing that I was running from my entire life, I get rejected flat out and I have to go deal with that and what I've learned from it and how I learn now, I want to put energy into doing something else that will make me friends rather than trying to convert someone who doesn't really want to do that. So I share with my um, I share with my clients that gratitude and searching for how they may have benefited from this is really important because at the end of the day, I know that when you're rejected, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about them and what they want. And going referencing really quick back to the situation in which I was rejected, I can look back at it and think, well, that person said yes to themselves. Boundaries are all about saying yes to who you are, what feels good to you, what's important to you. And don't be afraid to say yes to yourself because ultimately the other person is going to learn something. They are going to be okay, just like I was. So anybody who rejects me, I know that they do it for themselves. So I can be okay. It hurts, yes. But I recognize that it is not about me because when I feel uncomfortable, I have to do it. I have to say, yes, it might make somebody cry and make make someone upset. But ultimately, it's the best move because us being together with me fully knowing this this isn't what I want. I'm going to resent you and our relationship is going to be very, very toxic. I will definitely unconsciously make sure of that. (laughs) Mm. So I can imagine our viewers and listeners really getting energized. Just, I I think for me, like I'm inspired to tears today, (laughs) just hearing you. (laughs) Um, And you've mentioned this before, you know, so oftentimes we get really, really excited and we've got this new mindset. There's a shift happening, right? Um, but the starting of it, uh, you you have said before, you didn't have a desire to start. Maybe there's a fear to start where I don't know how to start. Um, and this is so important with our staying true to the decided heart for this month um, is the, the plan. Like, all right, now we got to take action. Can you share two to three tips to help those who are inspired right now to take that next step. 
or the desire to have to start to the desire to start whatever it is that you want to start well i imagine that you have felt uncomfortable in your space whoever you are and you're not sure whether you want to start or whether you do want to or what what direction you're going i would recommend that you sit with that feeling of being uncomfortable and understanding really what it feels like the desire to do something else sit with that feeling just for a moment so that's just step one to understand where you are and then go try something else so this is curiosity become curious about what could possibly be whatever it is that you want to start like if you want to create a new friendship kind of be curious about what could that look like what would you do is the visualization of you creating something new so right now you're at the starting point you're not quite sure what things look like but you think they could be better become curious about what that might look like and then go execute go find something go do anything i know that's very broad but we're talking about all things here so take a step in a direction that drives your curiosity and then practice gratitude mm -hmm. think about your experience reflect on your experience and i think this is a process that we can compete repeat over and over again for just about anything mm -hmm. be curious about your what could be go see what you can do try something to see if you can create that thing and then reflect on it learn from that experience be grateful that you've had that experience so that you can learn more from so you can try again until you get the result that you're looking for. It's a pattern that will become a new possibility. I know it's so beautiful. It really is. There's a, there's a, do you watch um, Ted Lasso? Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so, of course, duh. I love that guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know, so great. So I, one of, and I've, I, I love using this for presentation. That's is the, the scene where they're in the um, the end of the first season where they're in the shooting darts. And, and anyway, I won't set up the whole thing, but, but Ted Lasso says, you know, the reason people underestimate me is because um, we should really be curious instead of judgmental. You know, he pulls out the, I believe that's Walt Whitman um, or maybe it's Walt Disney. Uh, um, but, but anyway, the quote is, and, and I feel like our society really, has not done a good job of nurturing us within curiosity versus judgment. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like that is the crux of all of this, because when you're worried about judgment, that's where rejection and those aki feelings and all of that, that's a technical term, aki, um, <laughs> where that all comes in. But that detachment with compassion comes in when you're curious instead. But we're not, we're taught that if we're uncomfortable, we have to fix it instead of asking it questions and learning and being the detective to find out why. And that's where all the band-aids come in instead of the healing. And I really do think that that's the crux of why we have so many walking wounded, especially in this country. Wow. Yes, I, I think that really tracks. I mean, that hits that's hits the nail right on the head for me. Well said. So I guess we guess I guess we have to close. Oh! <laughs> this is a conversation that I know. I mean, I, I can I can actually um, imagine listeners and audience like not wanting to end, but I want them to continue. We want them to continue this conversation. How 
how can they reach out to you, continue their, you know, their action plan or their processing um, with you? Where can they reach you? Yes, you can find me at patternsofpossibility.com. I have a few courses and an ebook there. And you can find me at Patterns of Possibility on all social media. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, uh, sometimes Twitter. <laughs> Coach Lee, we are so grateful for you. I mean, just knowing that you are here for us. Um, what a beautiful spirit that you are. Um, one of courage. Um, one that understands, you know, when, when we hear friendships, I, again, that's another term we don't put a lot of emphasis on. Um, you know, it's who are my friends and what does that look like? What does that mean for me? And for you to define that today is just so powerful for me. And I know for Hillary, so we are just so grateful. Thank you to our Thank listeners. You. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you to our listeners for joining us for this episode. Please be sure to follow us on all the social media platform channels and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube so you never miss an episode. And we know that you're also going to be following Coach Lee Hopkins and all of his social media links. We're going to have that all um, in our description so you will know exactly where to go. Check out our website, thedheeffect.com for more great opportunities to nurture your decided heart. And as we always end, until next time, may you have the courage to live with a decided heart. <laughs>